Hey, welcome to another edition of Flea Market Fantasy, the world's second greatest Bronze Age era comic book podcast. Joining me as always is new Mike L. Kevin Jank. I'm here and I'm going to drop a bunch more Jurassic Park references that you won't get because you refuse to watch good movies. Yeah, I've never seen Jurassic Park. And I, I've also never seen the the animated series that this comic book is based on because why would I watch that? You know, why would I watch that? <laughs> I didn't know there was one. I knew they had yeah. toys, but I figured that was just a toy line. But they're like, this will sell itself. We don't need a commercial or, you know, like a, a animated series that's basically a half hour long commercial. Or yeah, a comic the book that lasts three issues. I guess we should say that the uh, book we're reading today is Dino Riders. Issue one from 1989. And the man who selected that book is our very special guest. It's our old buddy, Bob Myers. Bob. Hello. Now, I I want to address a couple things right off the top. First and foremost, you've never seen Jurassic Park. No, I haven't. There's a lot of very famous movies I've never seen. I mean, I get that, but Uh, Jurassic Park's really great. I feel like I've seen it. You know, there's dinosaurs. All right. All right. That's all you need to know. Right. I, I guess but you haven't seen Jeff Goldblum in all his sexy glory. <laughs> That's true. I'm all right with that. <laughs> but uh, Steven Spielberg, he makes he makes okay movies, eh. especially back then. He made one really good episode of Columbo. Well, there's <laughs> that too. I'll give him that. But otherwise, it was downhill from there. But the Bob, other thing I want to address here. Oh yeah, go ahead. Because I listened to last week's episode, where at the end of it, you mentioned that I picked this, and there was a comment about telling me to pick a good one. Now, I've been on this thing quite a few times. I don't this recall. thing. This, this podcast, I'm sorry. Quite a few times. I don't recall ever being told to pick good ones. Yeah, pick a good one. Now, yeah. you guys have done a lot of issues of a lot of books. It's, you know, you're getting, we're getting into the weeds trying to find stuff you haven't done and creators that you haven't really talked about. Yeah. I thought I picked a good one here, but no, apparently. There's a reason we never progress. talked about this writer. Yeah, I, Jack, I guess you did some research too, because the guy who wrote this book has a fascinating story. Oh, I didn't really? even look. I didn't even look. No. At I figured you guys would. I'm like, I've never heard of either of these two guys, so probably this is somebody you haven't talked about. Oh, wait till you get a load of this guy's story. You know, that's what that's a teaser. Oh. So what we'll Excellent. do is we'll give background on the comic book, and the uh, if you're new to the show, we'll give you background on the comic book and uh, usually the characters, but no one cares about these characters, and then we'll no. uh, <laughs> we'll review the comic book. And then we'll talk about the creators at the end. Usually we do writer-artist, but you know what? We're going to switch it around. We're going to do artist, and then we'll save the writer for last because his story is incredible. So wow. We'll, we'll that <laughs> That's our closer, yeah. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Bob, why don't you tell us your history, history with Dino Riders? Was this something you knew as a kid, or did you uh, just stumble upon it? Um, I definitely knew the toys. Um, I don't know if I knew what they were called, but I'm pretty sure I had some of these toys. It's entirely possible that I watched the TV show. I would have been like five or six when this came out, so I wouldn't really remember it. But yeah. if it was on TV, this is definitely a thing I would have watched. I had no idea there was a comic book. And I know I know you guys generally don't do issues uh, number ones, but there are only three. And I scrolled to the other two, and there's not a lot of dino writing in the other two. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> It wasn't as much as I expected in this one either. Well, uh, they, yes, they had to do a lot of setup. I was hoping for more. Yeah. yeah. And then they didn't really even set it up, like, why they're riding these dinosaurs. That was very quickly kind of skimmed over. Like, oh, uh, we're already with them. 
because they you found dinosaurs. Them real quick. And why not? <laughs> There's a lot of jumps in logic. Yeah. In book. Yeah. It's we'll not be, the, best the editor needs to be fired for letting this out into the public. <laughs> yes. we'll, we'll get there in a minute. <laughs> but I, I should point out that this, uh, Jack, you keep mentioning three issues. That's all it was intended to be, just three issues. It wasn't like it started and they said, you know, this stinks, let's stop. They, they went in going to starting like, oh, yeah, this stinks, let's only do three. That's what <laughs> we <they> don't <laughs> have enough story for this. <laughs> but uh, Dino Riders, get a load of this, though. It was actually created by Jerry Conway. Oh. You know, of the Spider-Man fame, you know? And uh, the guy who stole the Punisher, that guy. <laughs> You know, <laughs> created, but certainly not written by Jerry. And actually, his uh, then wife Carla also was a co-creator of this show. She was because also it, a waitress at uh, Cheers. No, 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 that was Carla Tortelli, <laughs> not Carla Conway. <clears throat> but Dino Riders, uh, it was created as an animated TV show that first aired in 1988. So I would have been 13. I, I was way too cool to be watching Dino Riders at 13. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's so. kid stuff. Yeah, I was not watch. I did not know this existed. Um, I don't really. Basically, the toys uh, they came out after. They're just dinosaurs with like uh, missile launchers and guns on them and stuff, yeah. right? I mean, you that's say that so toy. nonchalantly. That's the <laughs> yeah. most amazing toy to like an eight-year-old boy. It's yeah. a T-Rex. Everything they that want. Shoots rockets and lasers. What? <laughs> uh, this uh, should be the biggest toy. Toy thing in the world. I can't believe like they're not Dr. still Evil making these. with lasers on its head. Exactly. <laughs> now, Jake, did you remember this when you were a kid? Like, did you? Because you said uh, last week you said you didn't, and then you started looking at it. You're like, wait a minute, I do remember this stuff. So, did all the memories come flooding back to you? I don't remember there being a cartoon at all, but I do remember seeing the commercials for the toys. Um, I used to have a bunch of VHS tapes. I think I'd still do somewhere of like uh, the '60s Batman show that I recorded in the '80s. <laughs> nice. um, so I've got a lot of old commercials, and I definitely remember seeing that commercial not too long ago. So yeah, right. I definitely remember those. Yeah, see, I don't remember the commercials or anything. But uh, so the animated show was just created as a promotional to- tool for a new Tyco toy line, of course, and. Uh, Tyco is the one. Tyco eventually got bought out by Mattel. But uh-huh. back in the late 80s, it was like the third, I think the third most popular toy line, like after, uh, what, Kenner probably? And then yeah, Mattel. Mattel. Um, yeah, it definitely had a lot of Tyco toys. Hey, you know what else Tyco toys made? US-1. Those <laughs> trucks. <laughs> and that, the US-1 <laughs> trucks are what inspired that uh, US-1 comic book that we reviewed here on this show uh, a couple years back. And that book came out in 93 about the, tr- about the big old truck. The guy driving yeah. the truck. I, sh- I didn't read that one, but it must have been better than this. <laughs> well, that was awesome. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> All right, so the animated series had 14 episodes, and it aired as part of the Marvel Action Universe, which uh, typically was a 90-minute show that ran from 88 to uh, 1991, and it featured Spider-Man and his Amazing Friends reruns alongside new episodes of RoboCop and Dino Riders. So, do you remember that jank? Not at all. <laughs> Not even a little bit. Yeah. No, but I love the idea of a children's RoboCop cartoon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, hey, that uh, RoboCop too, where there was a kid leading the uh, the gangs there, the drug gangs. That was oh, pretty great. Yeah, I didn't see that either. <laughs> yeah, uh, of course. But, but this Marvel Action Universe show, it was on the three years there, and then in season two. In 1989, it's most famous because that's where uh, Pride of the X-Men made its debut. 
Oh, oh yeah, with the Australian Wolverine. Yeah, Kitty Pride, that the animated. That was the first. I, now that was a big deal for me at the time. I was fourteen. I was way into the X Men, and like that was like the first animated X Men thing around. You know, so I, I remember watching the hell out of that, and uh, that was actually really good. I recall Pride of the X Men. Eh? Right. The animation looked cool, and I've never seen the entire thing, but I know they used a lot of it for the X Men arcade game. So I've seen. You know, a lot of the stills and stuff been there. Yeah, and I remember like the theme song, X Men. This is the day. X. Remember that? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> All right. That was cool. The '90s X Men theme song. That's yeah. Uh, already, I could tell you it's much worse than the '90s X Men. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, this uh, Dino Riders cartoon uh, it had a lot of characters. You know, and I was looking through the cast of like uh, voice actors to see if I recognized anybody. And uh, the guy who voiced the character Lad, I think he, he, I don't know if he's even in this book, Stephen Dorff. Oh. Oh. That's yeah. that's, that is top quality content. Now, I <laughs> recognize the name. Uh, Jank, you're the movie expert. Could you tell the kids that Stephen Dorff is in? Uh, he was the villain in the Blade movie. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was also he's... in uh, True Detective Season 3. Okay, that's getting ridiculous. So people are still watching that show. In season three. <laughs> it was really yeah, good season one. But anyway, uh, two was terrible. The three was a little bit better. He wasn't. He's a different. He wasn't that dwarf on golf guy. That was Tim Connor. <laughs> yeah, that was a slightly different thing. Although I think he was taller than Stephen Dorf. <laughs> he might have been. All right. Uh, as for the Dino Rider toys, there were four series of toys. So that's Whoa. a lot of toys. Yeah, and yeah, uh, like I said, it should be the biggest toy toy line in the world. I don't know yeah. how it didn't rule everything. <laughs> you don't even need a cartoon because really all the fun is just battling with these dinosaur things. Like, there's not going to be a good story attached to that. But yeah. as a kid, all you care about is just, hey, I got these cool looking things. They're going to bash up against each other. That's all I need. Yep. And uh, Marvel produced the three issue miniseries to further promote the toys. Also, in popular culture, there's a pretty significant Dino Riders appearance. This is another movie I've never seen, but I hear tell it's called Toy Story. Have you ever heard Toy Story? <laughs> of course <laughs> you've never seen Toy Story. I've never yes. seen Toy Story. I haven't either. <laughs> wow, that's surprising. I don't recall there being any Dino Riders in Toy Story. There actually is. Do you remember okay. a, uh, there's a Tyrannosaurus named Rex, voiced by Wallace Shawn? Yep. And, and people will know Wallace Shawn from My Dinner with Andre. And Princess Bride, but of course I remember him as Arnie on the final season of Taxi. That's where I remember <laughs> from. He was dating Elaine Nardo. Yeah, but anyway, that Tyrannosaurus is actually based on a Dino Riders Tyrannosaurus. And in the movie, I think all the toys are saying where they come from, and he says, "I uh, come from a place called Mattel." I think, but it used to be another company or something. He so he makes a reference to the, him being a Dino Riders Tyco toy, basically. Hmm. So. Lost all the cool parts. Yeah, they yeah. took away all of his all <laughs> yeah. of his weapons yes. and just That's made him a dinosaur. Yeah, just a dinosaur because <laughs> the kid lost all the weapons, I guess. But uh, so look at that. There's no Toy Story without Dino Riders. Just think of that. <laughs> wow, and Andy not taking care of his toys. Sorry, Andy is the character. I mean, it's probably for the best that he flushed Questar down the toilet. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Questar is the main uh, character in this book. We'll uh, get to that. Usually we like to recap the characters and give you their history, but these are people you've never heard of, so it doesn't really matter. And then the the book. Except for his brother. 
a lot of blonde guys who all look alike, and I have no <laughs> idea who they are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that may be another problem with this. Yeah, that was a problem, a pretty significant one. Uh, but uh, so in this issue, since it is issue one, it goes over the whole backstory and origin. So we'll just discuss that as we get through the book. But the writer here is a fellow named George Carragon. And we will talk about him later. And the artist is uh, Kelly Jones. Kelly Jones. Now, when we mentioned, I think you mentioned him last week, Jank. You looked him up, and I said I didn't recognize either of them. But Kelly Jones, I, I did know then once I looked at his thought. I'm like, oh, yeah. He does sound familiar. He, uh, a little tease here with the Kelly Jones, but he, he did a lot of covers during the Batman Nightfall run. Oh, of course. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So but we'll talk more about him later. All right, I think that's all I got on Dino Riders. I think it's uh, <laughs> time to get into yeah, the book. Yeah, it's a pretty self-explanatory concept. Yeah, that's probably more information than anyone knows about Dino Riders. So let's look at this. All right, Jake. the world here with all this knowledge. Yeah, it's good info, for everybody. Infotainment. That's mm-hmm. what we like yeah. to do here. All right, Jake, why don't you describe the cover for us? Uh, let's see. We got a uh, little cover box there. It's kind of purple. There's like a brontosaurus head sticking in. Uh, kind of like some craggly rocks behind it, and uh, I guess that's Questar there, just kind of yeah. standing there, like a really basic action figure pose, not doing anything <laughs> cool, yeah. just kind of standing like he's posing for a picture. Very uh, stubby arms. Yeah. <laughs> kind of looking like a doofus, but whatever. Yep. Uh, and then it says, Harness the Power of Dinosaurs, and we get the Dino Riders logo, which admittedly, that's pretty cool. Um, I like it. There's a little triangle with like a T-Rex popping out of it, and then it says Dino Riders all, uh, all giant letters, so they look pretty cool there. Yeah, it kind of uh, looks like the Pittsburgh Penguins logo. Just replace the penguin with a Tyrannosaurus Rex. It's kind of like which they might want to think about doing. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. Go. I mean, penguins aren't well respected. Tyrannosaurus Rex, <laughs> well respected. Yeah, what about penguin riders? <laughs> Give them like a shoulder launcher. I like it. <laughs> All right, Jank. But uh, what else? Then the, we get, uh, the there's a yellow skied planet here with some more craggly rocks. They love their craggly rocks here. Um, there's giant T-Rex who's outfitted to the nines with just all kind of robot tech. Uh, he's got like lasers on his face. Um, there's a, a platform on his back that has lasers on it and a guy perched the top shooting a laser over at a pterodactyl. Um, there's like a, a man in kind of like a, like the, the harness going around the T-Rex is kind of holding a, you know, a seat for this old guy, it looks like, or some kind of an alien. Yeah. Uh, and he's kind of got some grabbers. He's out trying to grab these two humans that are running away and also getting blasted by lasers. Uh, I guess that's Questar and, uh, you know, the black haired girl whose name I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember either. <laughs> His names are all very forgettable. And then it just says premiere issue at the bottom, not even like pulse pounding premiere issue or <laughs> something exciting because they knew what they were giving you. <laughs> so yeah. all we can say is this is the premiere issue. And uh, the te- you mentioned the pterodactyl. Look, there's a guy like hang gliding underneath the pterodactyl. So yeah. This is weird. And it looks like this cover was drawn by uh, uh, Don Perlin. Is that the uh, guy who did this? Don Perlin, right? Yeah. That's his name, right? Sure. Uh, could be. Yeah. I don't know. Hey, Bob, what do you think of this cover? I mean, I can't imagine you walking into a comic book shop, seeing this cover and thinking, no, nah, I don't think I'm going to buy that. This cover is spectacular. <laughs> Gives you uh, everything you could want. See, I would look at this cover and think, yeah, I don't want to buy that. 
Uh, you didn't want to. How can you look at this and not think? I want to know why that T Rex has rockets and lasers and a buzzsaw <laughs> on it. I, and why, like his hand is painted the same color as his under. Yes. Yeah. Like, well, there's a bit of an there? issue there. And his other yeah. hand is like, painted the same color of his tail, which doesn't appear anywhere else on his body. But, you know. There's also some perspective issues with the uh, laser blasts and the humans running away and, you know, things are flat there. They I, need to be. I believe he's right on top of them is how that makes sense. But then his face should be way bigger, you know. Like way, <laughs> but, okay, um, let's not nitpick. Yeah. Yeah. There's a T-Rex with <laughs> lasers. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> not doing a very good job of selling like the snout of the T-Rex. Like it's very flat and not yeah, it's real doesn't look greedy at all. I mean, you're right. There's a lot of problems with it. But the biggest problem is Mike Dell never had a childhood. <laughs> 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 Has no fun or imagination at all. Uh, I was never into dinosaurs. I just never was, you know. I, when you're a kid. I feel like everyone goes uh, through that. Thing. I guess like I like Grimlock, you know, the Transformers. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that's something. But I wasn't like were one you, of those like, kids. already watching Taxi when you were like yes, three years he old. was two years old watching Taxi. <laughs> My father's John well, while we, Yeah, watching we Get loved Smart. dinosaurs. He loved Judd Hirsch. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I really did. Now, what if Judd Hirsch had a like a rocket launcher? <laughs> well, no, nah, it's just putting a hat on a hat. You don't need anything else on Judd Hirsch. You know, he's already a badass. He doesn't need a rocket launcher. All right, let's look at the book. Uh, Dino Riders, here, here's the introduction here. Valoria, planet in the Delos Quadrant. Utopian civilization, well-advanced technologically. Non, is that say non, or what is that word there? Uh, yeah, I, I couldn't yeah. figure it out. It looks like mon. Mon scale six. Mon scale, I don't know what that yeah, means. Is that a real Another thing? info box to tell yeah. us what the info box means. All inhabitants are dedicated to peace and possess some level of telepathic psionic ability, a discipline Valorians refer to as the path. And this comes from the Galactic Encyclopedia. I remember uh, one summer in college, I had a job selling Galactic Encyclopedias. <laughs> <laughs> I'd go door to door. <laughs> yeah. yep. So anyway, this is uh, Diner Riders. Hey, uh, Jank, this... Uh, this big splash page, it's like some futuristic world. There's castles on, like, mountains and ro- craggly rocks or whatever, you know? Yeah. Like you're saying. And that, that one to the right, that does not look structurally sound. <laughs> not like at it's all. Very... Yeah, it's like the Space Needle, but even thinner. Like, they just got, like, a little toothpick holding this whole thing up there. Yeah. That seems like that's going to be a problem. I don't know if I'd want to <laughs> live there. But They uh... have space-age technology. They know how to They're do gyroscopes or whatever they are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, then there's another little yellow box here at the bottom. United Press uh, Intergalactic. Delos Quadrant. Forces of the Rulon Empire under... Uh, hey, do you remember that movie, Mo- Rulon Rouge? Where they had the, <laughs> the people dancing? <laughs> That's something different. Yeah. All right. <laughs> of the Rulon Empire under Warlord Krulos continue their advance resistance on the once peaceful planet valoria has all but collapsed after three months of heavy fighting so right here on the first page there and i guess this issue is called the path we get a bunch of exposition just telling us what yeah. we're doing. <laughs> it feels like i'm reading a textbook already and i'm already out <laughs> they've lost me <laughs> so you know there's a peaceful planet with uh, and the folks there have telepathic abilities and they're being invaded by these uh rulons these aliens 
Bob, are you excited? I mean, honestly, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is this is good sci-fi fantasy stuff, which I know you guys aren't into at all. But yeah, I'm not a huge fan. <laughs> well, I am, but this is not the way to go about it. Like Star Wars, you know, did it well. Like you just like, oh, you get right away this Empire, they're bad. Just by you them, know how they did they, it with a ship. title crawl that was all exposition. That was <laughs> yeah. that at least true. we got a cool background picture. That is true. That's a good point, Bob. All right, Jake, so uh, why don't you describe here what happens on the next page? Because there's like a love triangle of sorts, I think. Really. Yeah, that's how we start. No dinosaurs, just love triangles. <laughs> um, so we got Questar. He's like our main hero. He's a blonde guy. We got his brother, uh, who apparently was dating this girl, Serena. But she told him to hit the bricks. Um, she's like, don't mind speaking to me. I don't want you in my head. Yeah. He's like, we were to be married. Why did you leave me? I didn't. You left me when you left the path. And then he, he kisses her. He's just like, oh, yeah, come here. You still love me. And, like, he kisses her, and then she gives him the old slap. Which, I mean, for me, isn't that how all kisses end? <laughs> At least in my experience. <laughs> a police report. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but and we get a very strange pose here where he's, after he gets slapped, he's, yeah. like, he goes down like he's in a, you know, like in a football game, and he's about to hike the ball back to the quarterback. Yeah, I don't know what's going on there. His name is Tark, by the way. Nope, he just got slapped in the face. Oh, yeah, Tark. Tark. And uh, But then, like, uh, Jack, hearing her thoughts there, and then after she slapped him, she says, he sees right through me. So does that mean that she really does love him? Yeah. That's how I took it, which is just awful. But, you know. (laughs) She's very confused. Because in the rest of the book, it doesn't seem like she seems way into Questar. The rest mm-hmm. of the book. So this poor Tark fella, you know, he's getting mixed signals. You know, yeah, doesn't know what to do. Run around. Now Tark, I, I believe he's supposed to be Questar's younger brother. Is that right? Uh, he looks very old. He looks, looks, say, he lo- I assume he was, was the older, older brother because yeah. he looks twenty years older than Questar. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I thought too. But I swear later on they say younger, but I don't know. Um, Either way, so they have their little fight, and uh, well, well, Questar he told both of them to get on some ship because they got to leave the planet, you know, because the Rulons yeah. are coming. So she goes running onto the ship then, and uh, Bob, would you like to take it from here? <laughs> okay, well, first we're <laughs> going to jump around to six locations in about three panels. <laughs> yes. Uh, so outside in the front line, they're talking about. Um, if they're going to wait for more survivors and somebody says there aren't going to be any more survivors, um, then inside the palace, they're talking about how many survivors there are. Then they, (laughs) (laughs) then they decide, okay, we don't have very many survivors. We have to initiate countdown. Then we jump to outside the Valorian stronghold where the Rulons are talking and the Rulons, these are some, these are some great characters right here. Yeah, they are pretty cool. One of them's got the head of a snake. One of them's some weird bug thing. Yeah. I think and like an ant. Yeah. Uh, an could ant. be an ant. Yeah. That would make sense. I don't know animals all that well. To be honest with you. Well, that's an insect. So that really <laughs> proves that you don't know your animals. Cause that's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, but yeah, it's pretty weird that these Rulons, they're like a, a smorgasbord of creatures. Like there's not like one. There's yeah. Uh, yeah, snakes, some some ants. Of them are sharks. Like, yeah. I don't. Yeah, there's like a hammerhead. They're all just different animals. It it almost seems like they were created to sell action figures and not to make sense in a story. Hey, you you know what else uh, is an interesting look is Questar's ship. 
Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Bob, if you had to describe the uh, shape and appearance of Questar's ship, what would you... Uh, uh, how would one describe that? Yeah, I think you know Ace and Gary from the Ambiguously Gay Duo? That is, that is a good way to describe the ship. Yes. <laughs> it's a giant penis. Yeah, in a word, phallic. Yes. <laughs> so that's a little weird for a kid's toy line. Let's, let's make this like as much like a penis as we can. All right. So, yeah, so we see Questar and his folks. They uh, they take off and they uh, shakoom is the sound effect. That's a good one. And yeah. uh, they fly out into space there. But the Rulons are after him, Jank. And we see like a little hammerhead shark guy. And we see their leader who's kind of uh, how like a, a I don't know, some sort of a lizard with a fishbowl on his head. Yeah. I guess if you combine the lizard and Mysterio, you'd get this guy kind of. <laughs> yeah. So he's pretty cool. And uh, <laughs> so they're chasing after Questar. And uh, but Questar, he's he's got a, a, a trick up a sleeve. What, what's he what's he going to do there, Jack? Do you remember? Uh, he's going to activate his step, uh, which I guess he keeps track of how many steps he's taken in a day. No, 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 it's something else. <laughs> calories. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, it's the uh, the space time energy projector. Um, so this will allow them to escape the Rulons for good. But uh, as soon as they try it, it's not working. They don't have enough power. Didn't do those calculations too well, apparently. So then the Rulons start trying to tractor beam in their spaceship, uh, and apparently the tractor beam is overfilling them with energy, so now they got enough. So they're good to go. And we're like, okay, we're going to escape out of here, open up a portal. And uh, because they're connected to the Rulon ship, the Rulons end up going along with them. Yeah, so they both go through the portal. Hey, there's one other thing we need to mention about this Questar fella. He wears a headband. <laughs> he does wear a headband. Yeah. I don't know he's if that needs to be like, mentioned. He's basically he the dollar store version of Quasar, and he's even got a very similar name. I, uh, no, I believe Quasar is the dollar store version of Quasar. <laughs> well, yeah, good old Questar with the headband. All right, so they go through this portal, and they end up in like a uh, – they go back in time, right? Because this is, this is – this is Earth, right? That yeah, it does on? say it's primeval oh. Earth. Yeah, okay. So, uh, and you see all the uh, dinosaurs running around the big uh, penis-shaped uh, spaceship, the silhouette. And now we see some other members of the crew, and we see uh, Questar there. Well, wherever we are, it's home now. And then there's some dude with his hair sticking straight up. We have, I don't know, no idea who he is. He says, wow, Questar, look. And then there's Serena. And That's it, Young Star. You didn't oh, pick up Young, young Star because yeah, yeah. he's young. Yeah. Also, the way you just scrolled past a whole page of great dinosaur artwork. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I guess. Terrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, solid. You didn't see the dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Bob, would you like to Absolutely identify the people here? Would you like to identify the various dinosaurs we see, Bob? <laughs> okay. Um, the first one, you have some type of pterodactyl. You have a triceratops. Yeah. Um, I, I honestly, I like dinosaurs. I don't know the names all that well. Yeah, I don't know what these guys are either. It was like iguanodons or uh, something like that. That's wow, look possible. At, look sure. at Jank pulling out iguanodons <laughs> out of nowhere. All right, then we also see uh, there's an old guy. There might here. be a pachy in there. That one might be a pachyosaurus. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. yeah, well, definitely one of them. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's uh, there's an old guy here with like white hair and a white beard, and his eyes are all white, so he's like blind, you know. 
and he says, where mind's eye. And he says, where are we, Serena? It's, and then this other guy who I have no idea who he is, he says, Serena, describe it to mind's eye. And then mind's <laughs> eye says, thank you, Gunner. Just so we know who that guy is, you know, <laughs> yep. that's a perfectly natural flow of conversation. Yes. When I'm looking at also, something amazing, I usually tell someone else to describe it to the blind guy. <laughs> also, if you all have telepathic powers, why is he not looking through one of their eyes at all times? Oh, that's a, that's a good point, that's, Jack. That is yeah. an invasion of privacy. Yeah. That is a good point. But uh, so Serena says, I wish you could see it, grandfather. Oh, that's a, that's her grandfather. It's a beautiful, primitive world untouched by Krulos's destruction. Look, dinosaurs. Those are dinosaurs. That's what Bob said when he read this. He's like, look, dinosaurs. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> Those are dinosaurs. <laughs> now, this is my favorite part. Questar goes up to a big brontosaurus. That's what that is, Bob, right? A brontosaurus? Uh, I believe it's a brachiosaurus, but, you know, oh, we wow. don't need to be tactical. All right. I have no idea. <laughs> uh, what's the difference? I don't think, and I could be wrong on this, I don't think brontosauruses ever actually existed. I believe what they did is they got the head of one animal and, like, the body of another, and they confused it, and they named it a brontosaurus. But then years later they realized, like, wait a second, this actually doesn't fit together. So this isn't actually a real dinosaur. Wow. So everything I know about dinosaurs I learned by watching the Flintstones. (laughs) And I know Fred would slide down a brontosaurus's neck, you know, when he's leaving work. He would, so, yes. Yeah. But anyway, Questar sees this. Wow, I don't forget what you called it. But anyway, he says, all of you stay He's back. <clears throat> Maybe I can reach them with my mind. And then he says, easy, big fella. Even though he's still just talking. He's not really using his mind. And then uh, someone says, Questar, use your amp. And then there's a little editor's explanation. Amplified mental projector worn around neck to assist telepathy. Thank God yeah. that explanation was there. So then Questar says, friend. No hurt, because Questar realizes that these dinosaurs speak English. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he has mind powers. He's translating in his mind the the dinosaur's language. He's just like transmitting pictures of him, you know, running on the beach with the dinosaur so they know that he's French. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, That, that leap in logic, that was a bit much. Uh, so then, uh, some, I guess it's Quest, they're saying Sky, no, there's so many names of characters, and I have no idea who anybody is. I know Serena, and I know Questar, and Tar, I think, those are the three that I know. Tark, yeah. Or Tark, yeah, Tark. So, uh, he says, Sky, no, it means, it means us no harm. Remember, we're the invaders in its world. So they're trying to make friends with the dinosaurs. But then, Jank, we cut over to the Rulons, you know? Yeah, we do. uh, What are they doing? Uh, they're just going right to the enslaving the dinosaurs, uh, capturing them in nets, uh, like bolting pieces of equipment to their faces and stuff like that. I guess these are brain bolts or something they call them. Uh, mind uh, boxes, I think. Brain oh, boxing. Brain yeah, boxes. There we go. Brain boxes. Yeah. Brain boxing. So basically, as soon as these things get put on their, on their skulls, it allows the Rulons to just control them. <laughs> and, uh, Questar and Serena are watching this all go down. That's an unusual like, yeah, perspective for that panel. <laughs> Of, uh, yeah. they're, they're using binoculars. Right up Main Street on Questar there. Yes. <laughs> I would have chosen a different angle for that panel myself. But he's yeah, lying I on his belly with his legs spread and, uh, you know, we're looking at his bum just right there. Just, uh, yeah, right up there. Uh, but, uh, so Serena's trying to talk to Questar here about, uh, what they're doing to the dinosaurs. 
and she's flirting pretty hard with Questar, right? I mean, she's like way into Questar. And, and then the next thing you know, they're flying pterodactyls. Yeah. What? Did I miss something? Were there like three pages missing? Where like there? Yeah, where's the <laughs> stuff where you like really bond with these dinosaurs and start learning to trust each other and stuff like that? Nope, we're just already there. It's like they've been here for months. Yeah, like she's talking to Questar and she's like, uh, "No, that's a lie." And you know it. I don't know because he's saying he's not a good leader or whatever. She's like, "Must as you'd like to wallow in self blame, I won't let you. You've kept us alive this long when nobody else could." All right, and she touches him on the shoulder there. They're getting all close. And then, bang, next panel, soon, up in the yeah, corner. Yeah, soon. That could be, a, could be a long time. They're riding pterodactyls. <laughs> like, wait, where did this happen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's a little crazy. And, and they're like, these, when, the, when the Rulons get here, they're like, well, we can't get back home unless we have that step technology. How do they know what it's called? Like, yeah, they, yes. that one really bothered me because they seem to have yeah. no idea it was a thing at all. And then he just knows about it. Uh, but these, these pterodactyls are, you know, they're very well trained. And look, they also already have harnesses made for their mouths and uh, reins and everything they can pull on. Yeah. Like, wow. They're very resourceful. Yeah, this is crazy. That was all from Questar's BDSM dungeon. <laughs> <laughs> on his penis-shaped ship. <laughs> All right, so uh, now we this is, scene really confused me because now suddenly there's just m- multiple blonde guys talking. And I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. I don't know. It's like which one of these is that Questar? Did he change outfits? Who's this guy? What is that guy? Did you have any idea who these people were? Um, I, I did not. I absolutely did not, and I read it like three times. I'm still not sure. One of them is Ares, but yeah. I don't know who. I don't know who the other guy is. I. I, Ares is the guy in the all blue outfit, right? Yeah. Okay. And I think that other guy. Yeah, I don't know. Is that Young? Is that Young? At, at first, I thought it was supposed to be Turk, but Turk looks completely different, or Tark, or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, Tark. Yeah. So I've I. It's not Youngstar. Youngstar is the guy in the other panel who's got like the spiky hair. I think. I feel like that's Young Star. Maybe this is Steven Dorf. Lad. This might be Steven Dorf. It's just <laughs> Steven Dorf. But then, like, Tark shows up, and he's, like, uh, down with Questar. Like, he just appears. He pops into one panel. Yeah, but and, the one blonde guy in the blue with, like, the H on his chest, like, he's very also against Questar. So it looks like the, him and Tark are going to fight, but they both take Questar. So what, just, what are they fighting about? It's, it's like in a punk fight. rock show. You know, everybody in the crowd's running into each other, even though, <laughs> you know, they love the same music just because, you know, they're so angry. They just want to slam into each other. So they're so angry at Questar that they're going to fight each other to, sh- yeah. to see who hates Questar more, I guess. And, uh, <laughs> but then Bob, uh, our buddy Tark, he comes up to uh, Questar. He, uh, he's got a solution to their problems. Well, yeah, the solution to all problems, uh, psych blades, <laughs> yeah. which are definitely not a weird version of a lightsaber. Yeah, they're going to have a duel to no. the death here, you know, and uh, Tark says, well, we'll settle it by the ancient laws. One shall lead, one shall fall. Tark wants to be their leader. So this is very dramatic, you know, and then I'm uh, so excited for this fight. And then Questar says, psych blades, weapons energized by force of will. And Tark says, the one true test of power. Back to Questar, there is more to being leader than power, Tark. And they fire up their blades, you know. And uh, Tark says, more words. You always were so good with words. 
Come, little brother. Oh, yeah. Oh, say, sequest the words, little brother. Uh, the time for words is over. And then, uh, we see Questar looking real determined and he's holding a psych blade. And Serena says, can't you see he's forcing you into a fight you can't win? And Questar says, I have no choice. The laws. She says, you always have a choice. Now we cut back to Tark. This is so uh, dramatic. And he says, I always take back what's mine, everything that's mine. And he's talking about Serena, you know? He wants to give mm-hmm. back with the lady. And she says, if you hurt him, she's whispering to him. And he says, what will you do? Kill me? And now the next page. Oh, so much setup. What happened? There's no psych plate. What? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> nope. No, I did. I in the did middle notice, of the battle now. Because this bothered me a lot. If you look at the page numbers, there are two pages missing. Oh, all oh. right. Maybe that's the problem with this book. There's a lot of pages missing. We read a copy. <laughs> yeah. That yep, that's a yeah. that, that problem. Because I was like, how did they really allow this to happen? <laughs> yeah. I, I went back to look at the pterodactyl scene to see if there's pages missing. Nope. Pages missing there. <laughs> no, I think this is the only spot where there's pages missing, but there's two pages missing. So all right, thank God you okay. solved that because that was. That huh. was unforgivable because they well, said they didn't the deck because they're both still alive. <laughs> yeah, they set up this big psych blade fight in the next page. Yes. There's no mention of it. Nothing. So, yeah. all right. But hey, Bob solved the problem. All right, so we'll give oh, them a pass on that one. Yeah. So we got a faulty digital copy of this here book. That one they get a pass on. The yeah. other eight, eight problems, <laughs> no. So when our story resumes post psych blade battle, we now see that they've equipped all the dinosaurs with like uh weapons and machine guns and missiles and everything. And uh and Questar says, Let's do it. He ya and they're riding their dinosaurs. Such a likable character. And now there's the Rulons have their own dinosaur army, but of course their dinosaurs aren't doing this of their own free will. They're uh they're brain boxed. You know, they're they're brainwashed. So uh they're going to have a big fight on the battlefield. Jank, how do you feel about this fight? Any anything stand out to you? Uh, I mean it's it's it would be a lot cooler if you were playing with toys and and comic book form. I don't know. There wasn't a whole lot going on here. There's one guy calling out. There there they are to the right. No no yeah. to the left. It's like <laughs> I think people see. Is mine's eye the only one fighting or something? <laughs> and uh they're they're just uh shooting these dinosaurs left and right, you know? Yeah. And uh it's like we can't hurt the animals, but like everyone's hurting the animals. <laughs> like Yeah. You have to. <laughs> yeah, Tark's like Quest are you idealistic idiot? This is war. And they're shooting at him, you know? And uh Bob, how do you feel about this hot dinosaur action? <laughs> I think Jake put it best. Yeah. This makes me want to play with the toys. As a comic book, is not that great. I do like how the Triceratops has, uh, like, basically they put a helmet on it, even though a Triceratops' whole head is basically a helmet. That's <laughs> <laughs> it, hat on a hat, yeah. It's it's a hat on a hat. But it does look cool. Uh, now, but yeah. At one point, a tree falls identity. on the, the Triceratops, and uh, uh, Questar frees him. You know, he's like, hey, relax, little buddy. I'll free you there. And, uh, he frees him from the tree, and he rips off his brain box thing. So he uh, he frees that little dinosaur there. So now he's buddies. And then he jumps up, and he kicks somebody off another dinosaur. This Questar, he's a pretty tough guy, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> he's a pretty good fighter there. And now, Jank, uh, they play a little trick on the Rulons. Would you like to uh, walk us <laughs> through this? Oh, my God. This is the worst attempted trick I've ever seen in my life. It somehow still works. 
Uh, one of the guys, I guess it was the guy with the H, maybe. <laughs> I have no uh, idea. Like, yeah, they are. One lines. of the many blonde guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> blonde guy number seven. Uh, attention, Rulons, this way, please. He's so polite when he's leading them into a trap. So they have to respond. It would be rude not to. Uh, they're like, kill the mammal, and they all ride in with their dinosaurs. And, like, the name's Youngstar, bug eyes. Oh, oh yeah. A young hidden star. battle station. They run right into it. turns out the Brachiosaurus is there with, like, some giant-ass lasers. And he just says, surprise. And look at him run. We did it. They'll be back soon enough, youngster. So you, yeah. they let him into, like, a big old dinosaur who shot at him, and they ran away. And that's how the battle ends. <laughs> that is quality writing right there. <laughs> now, I like this bit coming up here because uh, Questar is out overlooking, like, the battlefield or whatever. And his brother Tark, you know, I'm get, he he obviously lost the psych blade battle that we missed, you know. Yeah, I'm guessing. My, my guess would be that they didn't have it because they someone said, "Oh, the Rulons are coming. Like we'll have to postpone this." Oh, okay. that makes sense. Yeah, but uh, he he says uh, he gets a, a laser gun, you know, and he's uh, hunting down Questar, and he's got him in his sights, and he's going to kill kill his own brother. Because he's just too weak to lead, you know? The, their people needs a, they need a true leader like Tark. So he's going to murder his own brother. But this Questar, he's also kind of like Spider-Man and Daredevil. He's got, like, super <laughs> extrasensory perception. So he, he senses danger. And without even thinking, he spins around and just shoots. And he, kill, yeah. he hits Tark in the chest, uh, drops him off his dinosaur, and he falls off a cliff, you know? And he's like, oh, no, Tark, I thought you were a Rulon. You know, Tark, poor Tark. And then those other guys come up, and I, I believe it's Ares, one of those blonde guys. He says, it's half a mile straight down. No one could survive that fall. No one. So I didn't go ahead, but I'm guessing Tark survived. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no he, he clearly yeah. could not have fallen down. He <laughs> could never, not have survived that. Whenever anyone says that, you know they survived. <laughs> yeah, like a pterodactyl came by and picked him up or something. Yeah, definitely survived. So the... And uh, Questar's like, I sense threat. I thought in uh, one of those other blonde guys, he says, you killed him. You killed Tark. And he just punches him right in the face. And he's like, murderer. And uh, <laughs> so this Questar's in trouble. So they arrest Questar. And that's how it ends. He's like, I arrest you, Questar, for the cold-blooded murder of your own brother. And that, that's Dun, how it ends. John. Next, the trial, the terror, and Tyrannosaurus Rex. Yeah, pretty exciting stuff. So, Absolutely. Uh, hey, by the way, I jumped ahead. The next issue. I jumped ahead to uh, issue three, and uh, the title of the issue is Tark, and the splash page is Tark. He's just running right at you. So. <laughs> what? No, yeah. he could not survive that. <laughs> he survived. Long. Yep, he survived. <laughs> wow. The Rulons found him, and so he's on a Rulon ship. Oh, no. Yeah, he seems yeah. like he could work with them. Yeah, <laughs> seems like a pretty good match. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about the creators here. Uh, the artist we mentioned, uh, Kelly Jones, right? Got uh, his info here. Uh, he was born in 1962 in Sacramento. He had 48 penciling credits of Marvel, including all three Dino Riders. He did about 18 issues of Micronauts Volume 2 and uh, six issues of Comet Man. Did you ever read Comet Man? No, I remember the ads, but I've never read it. Yeah. And uh, in 1996, he also did uh, four issues of Magneto. Did Magneto have his Hey, yeah, I remember that. I have that series. Yeah, see, I do not remember. 
That art was uh, not so good in that one, from what I recall. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then he went to DC at some point in there, and uh, he redesigned Dead Man for DC. I, I recall Mike Owen, I read some Dead Man. I like the Dead Man character. But I, I think he made them all, like, skeletal, like, real scrawny and stuff. But uh, that's what he did. And, uh, hey, Bob, you're going to get ready to swoon. He drew seven issues of Sandman with Neil Gaiman. Oh, and, okay. Uh, in 90-91. So... I'm sure they were wonderful. I'm sure you have them framed on your wall right now. Um, <laughs> I do have them. Not, well, I have them in trade paperback form. Not framed, though, unfortunately. But uh, Kelly Jones is probably most famous. Uh, he did about 33 issues of Batman with uh, Doug Mentris, the writer, from 95 to 98. And he, like I said before, he drew many of the covers of the Nightfall storyline. Some pretty famous covers. Yeah. Yeah. So, also, when I looked him up on the internet, there uh, the lone picture I saw of me is holding a black cat. So okay, so now you like him a lot. Yeah, right? he's a okay in my book. <laughs> but uh, Jerry also likes taxi. <laughs> oh my god, he's like my brother. <laughs> Does he have the other half of this amulet? All right, <laughs> but Jank, uh, uh, what do you think of the art here? This is uh, what year does this play? So he's like twenty-seven when he's here. So. Okay. Um, yeah, this, I wouldn't say this is his finest hour by any stretch of no. the imagination. Uh, a lot of those Batman covers I really like, but uh, some of just the pictures of Questar, it looks like he's like a decaying old man with like a receding hairline, and it's like, what's going on here? <laughs> there's like that panel, or there's, there's there's that scene where they all land and they're all looking at the dinosaurs where they all like have purple streaks on their noses. It's like, I don't know what's going on Yeah. Here. I didn't know what that meant either. Like, was there, is that supposed to indicate, like, uh, their faces were dirty because of the crash landing or something? But I don't know. It didn't really, didn't really work. It's just shadow, but it's weirdly positioned. Uh, I thought he, he drew the dinosaurs pretty well, right? The uh, dinosaurs look good. Uh, a couple panels of Serena looking nice, you know? Uh, there's one panel of Questar, like, jumping off of a dinosaur that looked pretty cool. And you can kind of see, like, older, uh, Kelly Jones style there, I think. Um, <laughs> But uh, overall, I did not like the art here. You know, just not the yeah. best. But Bob, how would you feel about it? I mean, you guys, just a bunch of haters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's not very good at human faces. And yeah. he, he skips a lot of backgrounds. And it's not the best. But also, I've seen a lot worse comic book artwork. Um, but also, he drew a penis-shaped spaceship. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> His dinosaurs look great. Um, some of this futuristic stuff is cool looking. It's fine. It's not great by any means. Yeah, it's fine. It's you know, fine. But yeah, a lot of questionable anatomy and just uh, human form. Yeah, he's not he's yeah. not good at drawing humans. At which, this point in his career, yeah, at this point he, in his he'll career. get better. Yeah, but yeah. you know, he he well, like if the writer would have let him, I'm sure he would have just focused on the dinosaurs. But yeah, did a good job with all the these dinosaurs. human characters in here. Yeah, the dinosaurs look good. Like, even that landscape shot of the city with the uh, terrible architecture, uh, it still looked good, you know? Yeah. Like, you know? So. Yeah. But the humans, eh. Not, not so good. <laughs> All right, that's uh, Kelly Jones. Now let's talk about uh, the main event here, George Caradon. Yeah, All right, I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right. Uh, the la- It's spelled C-A-R-A-G-O-N-N-E, Caragon is what we're going with. He was born in 1965 in San Antonio, Texas. His career in comics began when he sent an unsolicited submission to Marvel in 1984. Those were the days when you could just do that. (laughs) Send 
unsolicited submission. He had 29 writing credits, including all three Dino Rider issues, four issues <laughs> of What If, five issues of Masters of the Universe, and hey. several annuals. Like, he did uh, annuals for Daredevil, Namor, Thor, Punisher, Captain America, and the Fantastic Four. So those oh. are pretty big names there that he did as annuals. But they were annuals. So. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, in the, <laughs> no one really cared about the annuals in so the 80s. <laughs> have some annuals. Have some what-ifs. Yeah. Give them all the top-notch jobs there. Uh, then uh, when he heard that Jim Shooter was starting Valiant, he drove from California to New York and arrived at Shooter's door to volunteer his services unannounced. He just showed up at his door oh. and says, I want to work for you, Jim Shooter. That's and, bold. Yeah, so Jim Shooter took him in there. And he uh, did some writing for Valiant. He didn't write any of like the main Valiant books that I remember, but he wrote uh, something like N, not N Man, but some sort of Nintendo themed book they had. Like oh, N- that uh, based off like there was a cartoon in the eighties like that too. Possibly uh, Captain N. Cat- yeah, there it is. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Captain yeah. N. Yeah. And I think there, I also in his credits, Punch Out. I don't know, was there a Punch Out comic book? Like Nintendo themed comics? Oh, well, that'd be pretty great. Yeah, check that out. All right, but here's where things get interesting. So in in May of 1994, uh, well, actually a little bit before that, he he went to uh, a fellow named Bob Guccione. You ever hear of that Bob Guccione? Oh, yeah. You've heard the name? Yeah, (laughs) he's a a fellow who started a little publication called Penthouse. And he said, hey, Bob Guccione, I have this uh, comic book I'm trying to get made. Uh, would you like to uh, fund me or something? And they started talking. They hit it off or whatever. And Bob Guccione says, hey, you know what? Why don't we do some comic books right here in Penthouse? Why don't you uh, do that? So uh, they, they uh, brainstormed, and they launched Penthouse Comics in 1994. Oh. Now, as longtime listeners of the LCS show know, I am a scholar, and I enjoy scholarly pursuits. So uh, mm-hmm. there was a time where I did some research on Penthouse Comics, and I went back, and I uh, it's pretty in- – a lot of very famous comic book artists and uh, writers actually started off in Penthouse Comics doing stuff. Like really? uh, a- Adam Hughes. You know Adam Hughes? Oh, oh yeah. Hughes I can see that. Yeah. He would definitely be well-suited for that line of work. <laughs> I, I was trying to think of when I looked into this, and it, I think it was when we uh, – Mike L. and I did the uh, Dakota North. Because the artist in that book, when I was researching him, it, he did work because I liked his art and I looked him up and he did work for Penthouse Comics. So that sent me down a rabbit hole. And, uh, yeah, there, there's some interesting things in this Penthouse Comics <clears throat> if you go back and look. I think my favorite character was this one lady who basically turned into Wonder Woman every time she had sex. I think that's what it was. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think that's what it was. So, and she was like fighting the Nazis and stuff, you know, but she had to like, uh, have sex before she could go do it or something. I think that's what the premise was. I can't remember, but uh, yeah. So go check out the Penthouse comics. But anyway, uh, it was a hugely successful at launch, these Penthouse comics, all right? So uh, this uh, George fella, he started living the good life, you know? And uh, uh, we, we should also mention he was a large man. He was like over 400 pounds. He was a very large man. But he, uh, so he started, uh, doing the, the, the drugs, you know, the cocaines and, uh, yeah. living, uh, living the good life, you know? And they, they said he was very, uh, free with his money, uh, giving people lots of gifts and just, he was a great guy to be around, you know? He's like, oh, this guy's great. He's living the life. He's partying it up. Everything that comes when you're working a penthouse, you know? You're living the life. 
So sadly, I was going to say, I feel like there's a there's a sad part coming. Uh, in, Ju- in July of 1995, this was just like a year and uh, two months after the creation of Penthouse Comics. He was accused of financial improprieties at Penthouse. They thought he was like uh, stealing money from the company and stuff. So he showed up to work one day. They locked his office and they said, you can't you can't come in here until we do a full investigation of this. All right. Mm. So he got naturally very sad, you know, (laughs) and uh, I would guess also very nervous as well. So uh, what he did was uh, he went to the Marriott Marquis Hotel in Times Square. And he asked one of the bellboys there, he says, hey, is this like the tallest hotel in New York? And uh, uh, I do not like where this is going. And the bellboy <laughs> no. says, uh, yeah, sure is. And he says, all right, thank you. And uh, this hotel, they have an interior atrium. So, like, oh, no. inside, uh, I, I think if I read correctly, like, uh, this atrium is on, like, the – I think it starts on the eighth floor, I believe, somewhere around there. And then it's just – 45 floors or something, or 37 floors of just the atrium, I guess, and you had the eight to get there. But it's all open space, you know? So, like, um, there's walkways. You get to the, what I'm saying here, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. the rooms are on the outside. <laughs> the interior is completely open space. So he walks out. He goes all the way up to the top, you know? And then uh, he, he puts on a Walkman loaded with soundtracks of James Bond. That was his favorite movie, James Bond. You know. Okay. Yeah. And then he uh, he jumps off. Oh. Yeah, and he's a four hundred pound fella. Oh no. Yeah. And there a guy I, said no one could survive a fall from that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hoping that's where this goes. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Uh, apparently, when he's falling down there, you know, he's bouncing off ledges and decorations and stuff. Oh. And then God. he landed on a buffet table. That was full of people. Like people were there around the buffet table. Thankfully, he didn't hit anybody, so no one else was injured physically. But the people that witnessed it were horribly scarred emotionally for the rest of their lives. Yeah, and uh, there were some little kids there too, you know, and they saw it, and uh, so it was a pretty traumatic thing. Uh, Imagine that you're eating lunch, and a guy just falls and lands on your table. (laughs) What the? Oh my god! (laughs) So yeah. Sadly, he uh, he died. Yeah, that's. Uh, that's I don't want to, you know, make baseless speculations, but I think he may have been guilty of financial. <laughs> yeah, I think I think so. I think he yeah. saw uh, the writing on the wall there, and he said, "All right, I've had enough," and he just uh, jumped off. But what a year he was living there, you know, that last year of his life at penthouse, enjoying the good life. Right, ended pretty horribly. And, uh, yeah, he, thankfully he didn't kill anyone else because that's horrible. You know? That is. Yeah. So, it's a horrible way to die, to kill yourself, putting everyone yeah. else at risk, you know? Uh, like two, like why? Yeah. But, uh, do you remember Mark Evan Ear? We discussed, he, uh, the writer for Gru. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. did he also do DNA agents, I think, right? Uh, but anyway, <laughs> uh, he was buddies with his George. He knew George, you know? And uh, he has a blog called newsforme.com where he just writes various stories. And a while back, he put an article about George. So if you go to Mark Evan Ear's uh, blog there, you can read more about uh, George's final days. And um, But, yeah, what a horrific story that is. He was only 29 years old. 29. Oh, my God. Yeah. So there you go. That's oh. something uh, 
real high right, to yeah. end on. That really went out on a uh, yeah, thanks. <laughs> sour note this week. Thanks for that. <laughs> I'm going to go contemplate my life choices now. Yeah. Well, here, I'll cheer some, some everybody up with some dinosaur knowledge because I had to oh. look up – I looked up the Brontosaurus to find out. All and right. although the the Brontosaurus had long been considered a species co- closely related to Apatosaurus and therefore invalid by many scientists, researchers proposed in 2015 that the Brontosaurus is a genus separate from separate from Apatosaurus and that it contains three species of its own. So Brontosaurus was a dinosaur, apparently, even though for a while people considered it not to be a dinosaur. All right, good for the Brontosaurus. Back in the fold. Making a yeah. big comeback. Big yeah. comeback for the Brontosaurus. Yeah. Kicked out at two. <laughs> good on you, Brontosaurus. All right, well, that that's a positive note. Uh, what did you feel about the writing here, Bob? Keep in mind, this man killed himself when he was 29. How did you yeah, feel about the writing? <laughs> okay, well, now. that was hard. <laughs> um, well, we're, we're giving it a bit, a bit less... Um, negativity because it's missing two pages. Yes. Yeah, so m- maybe those. Yeah, I'm going to assume those it. two pages really tied everything together. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of clunky exposition and clunky, clunky dialogue. Yeah. It's not. It's not the best. I will say I really like the bit at the end where he kills his brother. I mean, yeah. Because that yeah, that's just obviously a huge, uh, you know moment there a personal conflict the next year so yeah that's a lot you can go a lot of different directions from that moment you know so that's a really yeah. good thing until they you know no yeah. sold it with the <laughs> no one, no could one survive could survive. <laughs> yeah yeah george he fell 500 feet george. that's how far that was so tark maybe a little bit more than that i think half mile <laughs> Half yeah, mile, I think, is a little bit more than that. But he was just guesstimating, though. You know, they didn't have a tape measure. That's just, true. Yeah. <laughs> but a half mile. It could have been 12. They put all their money into harnesses instead of tape measures. And this yeah. guy could be real bad at depth perception. Like, you don't think uh, in his darkest hour, George was reflecting back on Tark's demise <sighs> I mean, here. That was he my says, assumption, and he thought he would survive this fall. Yeah, I hope Because, not. again, assuming Jank is right, a pterodactyl probably came in and saved him. Who knows? Uh, yeah, I don't know. But uh, yeah, those at the atrium, you don't know. Sometimes they have wild birds and stuff like that. <laughs> Maybe that's true. Figured they could be a pterodactyl. Jank, how did you feel about the rating here? Um, I mean, I was initially... I was going to say this is one of the worst comics I've ever read. <laughs> but, <laughs> like, but that was because I think two pages were missing. That definitely, uh, yes. that definitely, you know, it that takes was... some sting off of it, knowing that we missed some of this. Because yeah, yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah. I'm not tracking this at all. Like, <laughs> this is messed up. Um, like, this is take, take the keys away from this guy because he's been overserved. Uh, but since we missed part of the issue, I guess that, that has to soften that blow a little bit. Um, yeah, overall, it was uh, pretty bland. I felt like they tried to work in character names in in weird places. Yeah, too many um, characters, too many characters, yeah. too many blonde guys. <laughs> and and not even, like, if you're going to have this many characters, like, just do the little boxes that explain, like, oh, this is this guy, and he's his powers are this, or something like that. Like, you don't have to keep trying to work it into dialogue and me still not being able to follow along because they all look the same, <laughs> like, <laughs> whatever. 
<laughs> maybe keep it to just the five. Questar, Serena, and Tark, the love triangle, the old man, and maybe the young kid. And just keep it there. Like, just roll Ares and Tark into one character. Like, just make them one guy. But, devil's advocate here, they had three issues to sell this toy line and to include as many characters as they could (laughs) and make a story out of it. That is true. The editors were probably like, yeah, "Yeah, we need more characters in there, more characters. Like, it's possible they could have written a good story, but unfortunately, selling toys was far more important. Now, I'm going to guess, when you get assigned to do the Dino Riders book, you're not really busting out your <laughs> literary chops here, yeah. Also probably it's also, true. like, fairly low stakes in that there's just six people who got trapped here. Like, I guess we want to see if they survive, like, theoretically, but, like, I guess the people back home are all pretty much saved because you just brought the leader of the bad guys <laughs> to the past, so they're they're going to be fine now. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Were there a lot of survivors? Because I don't. Because there was that weird conversation about how many survivors there were. There were confusing. 200. But then they said no, there weren't 200. There's 200 Rulons. So I don't know what the hell they were talking about. It was like uh, it was very confusing. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it is what it is. It's a comic book about a toy line. <laughs> I mean, I you expected know? more like a you know like a Star Comics uh, Masters of the Universe type thing, but instead this was just horribly confusing and <laughs> not very interesting. I uh, remember the Masters of the Universe. What was that? Uh, the Hurricane of Hate. Remember that? Yeah, guy? the Hurricane of Hate. Hordak. 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 Yeah. Hordak and this Hurricane of Hate. Yeah, I love Hordak. Yeah. All right. Anyway, so that's Dino Riders issue one from 1989. Jenk, what do you give it? One out of ten. Ooh. Um, well, knowing that we missed two pages, I'll bump it up to a two. <laughs> I was initially gonna go lower, but wow, yeah, <laughs> this was uh, this was rough sledding. This I would say of the comics I've read on this show, it's probably at the bottom. Yeah, there's. Um, have you ever read a Christmas with the superheroes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd rather see Superman try to pick up a guy on the side of the road <laughs> by showing a little leg. <laughs> uh, Bob, what do you think, Dino Riders? I mean, I was thinking like a five. You know, wow. it's not that bad. Also, I just want to point this out because, you know, we're never going to talk about Dino Riders again. No. I jumped ahead to issue three to see how Tark survived, and it doesn't really show. But somehow they mix his DNA with dinosaur DNA, and he turns into what? a half-man, half-stegosaurus, and it looks awesome. Wow. Hey, I am invulnerable, <laughs> like a dinosaur. That's pretty awesome. Wait a yeah. I don't uh, think that's true. Yeah, <laughs> dinosaurs aren't really invulnerable. Dinosaurs if are dinosaurs are vulnerable, why aren't they here now? <laughs> yeah, they're they're one weakness. Giant asteroids. That's a weakness they have. Well, but, uh, I mean, there, there theory, was that. You're so smart. How come you're dead? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I'm going to give this a five. You know, wow. for what it for uh, what it is, it's a comic. To introduce these, mostly it was I like the drawings of the dinosaurs. I'll, I'll, I'm you know I'm right. shallow. I don't care. <laughs> okay, that's a right, I, I, I like I like the idea of it because it's got this weird sci-fi and fantasy mix. Obviously, it's not well done, but I've read worse things. Yes, yeah, Sandman. Remember that? Uh, I know. <laughs> But, uh, we don't need to be throwing shots like that. Like, I'll, I'll cut the. I'll give it a three. I'll give it right in between you guys. Because uh, yeah, it's a kids comic. I like the the idea of the love triangle. You always want to have one of those going on. Although I don't know if it's executed properly. And I like the end when he kills his brother. Um, 
But again, I don't know if it's executed quite properly. But still, there's some good ideas there in terms of plot and character and stuff. So, uh, and the dinosaurs, I guess, if you're into that sort of thing, you know. Um, <laughs> so uh, that's hey, no, imagine, yeah, imagine if there are chimps, you know, chimp riders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's literally tiny, this, like mighty max size people. Chimps but. instead of dinosaurs, you'd be giving yeah. us an eight. Yeah, I would. Hey, Bob, remember we did Planet of the Apes on this show. Remember that? Yes. Yeah, that was great. Planet of the Apes. <laughs> that was awesome. All right, so that's Dino Riders. Uh, Jank, what uh, what are we reading next week? All right, we're going to do a little bit more of some good old meat and potatoes with this next pick. Uh, because this, as we teased on the LCS Hockey Show, which is the other podcast that we do, um, I mentioned that I made a sale on eBay because I've been trying to sell a bunch oh, of comic right, books. Yeah. Um, I sold one big lot that was almost 200 comics uh, for about 600 bucks. So that, that was you. a nice haul. I was, nice. I was happy about that. <laughs> so in honor of that sale, I'm going to pick one of those issues. Um, so we're going to be doing the Wolverine ongoing series. Nice. Number 10. Yeah. Is that 89 or 88? Yeah. 89. August of 89. So sneaking it in there. <laughs> yeah. I've been meaning to pick one of those uh, Wolverine ongoing series because we did the, the limited series on here. Uh, yeah. The yep. The Frank Miller one. We did that yeah. one. So this is the ongoing. It, it ran, I think, 189 issues and yeah. then they rebooted it with another number one. Like they like to do all the time, which is annoying, but I sold that entire series and the six annuals. So. Wow, it's a hell of a run. Yeah, yeah. when it started, it was uh, Claremont and uh, John Buscema. I don't know yep, what it was. Ten was doing number ten as well. Yep. Okay. Those two guys. Because I was buying this back in the day. At this point, yeah. Know, so ten was one of the more valuable ones. Definitely got me a good chunk of that six hundred. Probably. Well, why is it valuable? <laughs> he switched the uh, eye patch to the other it. eye. Oh, same. <laughs> <two. All right. laughs> yeah. No, that yeah, we'll get it. into it. We're going to do it next week, but Bob, are you aware that Wolverine's uh, secret identity is a, a fellow named Patch? He put an eye patch on. <laughs> yeah, it's like the same Wolverine hair. Yeah, same hair. But, uh, this like, I'm not familiar with. Now, I'm, oh, I, really? I assume you're being serious. I mean, <laughs> yes. I, I thought I knew a lot yeah. about Wolverine. I don't know anything about Patch. Yeah, that was it, a weird period of his life. And he just wore this all black outfit with like black gloves, and he still popped the claws and everything. But wait, that's not Wolverine. That's Patch. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh, well, I'm excited to learn more about that awful, awful thing that they did. To yeah, work. that'll be that'll be next week. And hey, uh, before we get out of here, let us just say that we are trying to expand our audience. You understand? Mm-hmm. Trying to grow the show. We're conducting a lot of market research, <laughs> especially on the YouTube. Treating the show like one of those packs of like sponge dinosaurs, and we're spraying it with the hose, hoping they expand. Yeah, they, yeah, it won't. It's a solid reference, right? <laughs> But uh, more dinosaurs. we're doing a lot of research. And it shows that our audience is very discerning about their comic books. You know, our audience, they're very fancy people. They like to uh, wear smoking jackets and drink brandy <laughs> out of snifters. You know, that's our audience. They're going to love dino riders. Yeah, yes, they are. <laughs> uh, but uh, if you see us on the YouTube, you know, get over there and uh, what are you supposed to do? Subscribe. That's what you got to do. Like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. Hit that bell for notifications. Yeah, Leave we're going to try. Down below. We're going to start trying to do some things on YouTube there. You know, I'm not going to make any promises, but maybe Jank will dance or something. <laughs> I don't know. Try to entice the ladies. You know. Yeah. But, uh, we'll, we'll see. Tequila shots, maybe. 
we'll, we'll try and do that stuff over there. I guess that's it. So until next week, don't get any jank on you. <laughs>